Welcome to Rooftop Perspectives, inspiring Christ followers to join Jesus in his mission in their everyday lives. Welcome to Rooftop Perspectives. My name is Michael Brewer, and this is my good friend, John Whaley. Hello, John. Hello, Michael. It's good to see you today. Good to see you. And we're glad that you've joined us today for another episode of Rooftop Perspectives. John and I pray that God will use this each week to inspire you as you join Jesus in his mission where you live, where you work, where you play, that you will engage people with the gospel as you're making disciples who make disciples. Today, we're looking forward to sharing with you over the next two weeks a conversation John had recently with Jennifer Crenshaw. This is a lady who, after retiring from her career, began asking God, what's next? And God began to open some amazing doors for her to join Jesus in his mission in a very unique way. John, tell us more about this. Thank you, Michael. I met Jennifer Crenshaw a few years ago when the Hollywood Prayer Network launched um, the Chosen Prayer Team, led by our good friend Joey Geisel. Yeah. Jennifer, um, like myself, is a is a fan of the Chosen. As a matter of fact, now there are actually millions of fans across the globe, and and so we have that we have that in common. And um, by the way, while we're talking about the Chosen, they're releasing their fourth season this coming week. It's exciting. But for Jennifer, her her involvement in the Chosen has become more than just being a fan. Let me give you a little bit of background about Jennifer. Um, she was raised in a Christian home. She came to know Christ at a young age and um, grew up in the church, became very active in the church. But during the 1980s, during the contemporary Christian music era, um, she um, really was, that's when she really, as she says, was radically saved, really, really was set on fire for Jesus. But over time, as she began to serve, in the life of the church and different ministries, she became concerned that her faith was becoming stale and lukewarm. And so she began praying about three years ago, saying, God, would you just do a new work in my life? Would you, would you draw me closer to yourself? And his answer came in the form of the chosen. Um, she didn't even know what the chosen was. But then she began watching the series and became... Um, just just like so many of us um, impacted by it, and especially by Jonathan Rumi, the actor who plays Jesus, because in listening to him talk about his own personal faith walk, she learned what it meant to truly surrender her life to Jesus. And um, she discovered that since she gave her life fully to God, she has experienced adventures beyond what she had ever asked or even imagined as he has allowed her to become more involved with The Chosen than she ever dreamed she would be. Today, Jennifer is a background actor on the series. Um, she was in season three, and she will also be in season four. And she's living now, I love this phrase, Michael, what she calls her best blessed life. Yes. So over the next two weeks, we will hear her story, a story that in many ways um, illustrates what it looks like to join Jesus in his mission, but also illustrates what happens when we make ourselves available to God to use us as he chooses. So today is part one of a part two conversation I had with Jennifer just a few weeks ago. So sit back and enjoy part one of our conversation with Jennifer Crenshaw. 
Jennifer, it is so good to have you with me today on Rooftop Perspectives. Thank you for taking time out of your schedule to be with me. Oh, my goodness. It is an honor and a privilege to be here talking to you, John. Well, I'm looking forward to this conversation. Um, mm. Let's begin by just learning more about Jennifer Crenshaw, about how you came to know Christ and um, your life story, family, anything you want to tell us about Jennifer. Oh, my goodness. Where do we start? Well, I was born in Tampa, Florida. Um, my dad was in the Air Force. And so we moved around a lot. And I spent my formative years in Turkey. And that will have some significance later. Um, I have loved Jesus as long as I've been alive. Uh, I was raised in a Christian home, Methodist family. We went to Methodist church as I was growing up. Um, I've always, I, I don't remember a time that I didn't know Jesus um, and love him. Uh, there were times when I felt unworthy, as mm -hmm. I know we all go through that, you know, but uh, I always knew he was there in some capacity. Um, as a kid, I just wanted to be, uh, I was uh, just obsessed with uh, Broadway musicals. I wanted to be on Broadway singing and dancing, you know, but of course that never happened. Instead, I just went to college. <laughs> <laughs> went to graduate school and I got a, a master's degree in English. So I ended up teaching um, college level um, writing, literature, grammar um, in the 80s. For any of your viewers who remember that decade, um, do. you do the contemporary Christian music era. Yeah. Uh, if anybody remembers Carmen, he coined the phrase radically saved. And at that time, I was radically saved. Um, I was on fire for the Lord, and I was involved in some ministries along the way. I was always involved in my church, uh, Bible study teacher, choir director, those kinds of things. Um, I got married along the way, got divorced along the way. Those things mm -hmm. happen. Um, for 36 years, I still can't believe it. I was a technical writer and editor, as well as communication specialist for a major international aerospace company, um, both their defense and space uh, divisions. Um, was very happy. I, 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 I'm not, I don't regret any of that. I, it was a good life. It was a good life, ups and downs. About five years ago, I retired. Yes. And at that time, I said, um, I'm going to have more time to really delve into the Bible, to really get into it and, and really understand uh, how this all works and get even closer to the Lord because I, I was close to him, but I knew something was missing. Um, so how's that? I'm retired and now I am living my best blessed life. You want to know why? <laughs> of course, of course we do. <laughs> oh my goodness, it's just it's overwhelming. Um, shortly after I retired, I I was talking to the Lord, and I don't know if you could call it a prayer, but I was discussing some things with Him, and um, one of them was that I just my prayer had always been so this had always been the case that. 
I won't have to be introduced when I meet the Bible characters in heaven, that I will be so familiar with them and know them so well that I'll just say, hey, Samson, you know, um, how's it going? <laughs> hate what you did to the foxes, but it had to be done. You know, this this was my prayer. And yet they seem to all run together, you know, and, and I just, especially the disciples, more than ever, the disciples. So who brought Jesus the fish for the loaves and fish? Mm, one, of the, one of the guys, no, it was Andrew. And I know that now, and I will remember that forever now because of what we're talking about here. But I also was very troubled that I felt that um, believers were settling for second best when it mm -hmm. came to the gifts that we gave to the Lord. Um, it really bothered me that I would see things that were done halfway or were done without the passion that I thought should be there. And, and I struggled with that, some of that. Mm. And I just wanted, I just wanted to somehow convey that message. This is for God. The Ark of the Covenant is lined in gold. Who sees the inside of the Ark of the Covenant? God, maybe a high priest here and there, but it was lined with gold. If that's what God deserves, then that's what he deserves. And why are we just throwing something out there? Why are we just, and I'm, I'm talking at all levels. I'm not, I'm not throwing stones at anybody. I'm just saying, it just seemed like, mm, why don't, why don't other believers feel that way? So I was frustrated. Um, I was frustrated in my walk with Jesus because I felt like there was more. I knew there was more, but I didn't know what. I didn't know how to get there. So I was really struggling for a time. I, I continued to, you know, I was I was still believing and I was still teaching Bible studies and writing them and I was doing all those things, but. It was just like, there's, there's more. I know there's more. It's right out there. I just don't know where it is. Lord, just show me where it is. And on top of all of that, we were going through a really awful political time, as you know. Mm -hmm. And I almost found myself starting to withdraw from people. And I know COVID was obviously a factor of it. But even before COVID, I just didn't like people anymore. Mm. It's, I said, Lord, I don't, I don't like the person I'm becoming. Give me your heart. Make me meek and humble. Make me like you. So, again, I don't know that it was a prayer so much. It was just maybe venting. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe saying, I don't I don't know where to go from here. I know there's more. I don't know where to find it. I don't know how to find it. And um, within a couple of weeks, he sent me the chosen. Mm -hmm. Which is, I'm sure you've figured out, has answered all of those concerns. Mm 
Amen. In one filled swoop. <laughs> so here we are. Here we are. Amen. Amen. So one of the things that we are both honored to be a part of, of course, is the chosen prayer team, which is um, God has blessed that team immensely from I remember that that first meeting we had with Joey Geisel and what was five of us, four of us, something like that. And, and now we have, you know, now it's divided up now into three, three of them across the globe. And, and so, and then we just have this incredible international team now praying for the chosen and we get to be a part of that because both of us are huge fans of the chosen. But I know that your connection with the series goes beyond simply being a fan like many of us who watches the series. And of course we watch the episodes over and over again. And um, because they're, they're so, they're so powerful, but you've actually now been able to be a physical part of the series. And so tell us how all of that came about and, and, and the doors that God opened for you um, now on the set and even off the set with the chosen. Well, how much time have we got? <laughs> because the blessings are not coming one a week. It's not even one a day. It's one an hour. It's minute by minute. Yeah. I still can't believe anything that has happened. Um, things have happened that that. I won't be sharing, but things have happened that if I had not lived them, I would not have believed them uh, because the only explanation is God. He made a way where there was no way time and time and time again. But back to uh, so how I even found out about the chosen. Well, that was about three and a half years ago, I guess, maybe um, when all this was happening, the the way, as I said, the Lord answered my concerns. And the way he did that was I had actually been following an, an incredible uh, Messianic Jewish singer-songwriter singer who lives in the Galilee named Joshua Aaron. I don't I know if you're familiar him. with him. Oh, I love him. And suddenly I'm sitting there and watching a live stream or something. And he says, well, I'm going to the U.S. to sing O Come, O Come, Emmanuel for the Chosen's Christmas concert. <laughs> and I said, Oh, cool. You know, that's cool. That's cool. I wonder what that is. <laughs> and he was talking about how so blessed he was that he felt he was chosen to, to per perform and he was going to be doing Oh, Come, O Come, Emmanuel in English and Hebrew. And it was just, oh, it was so exciting. And I thought, well, then what is this chosen? So I Googled it. And that was pretty much the, the beginning of the end of, of my <laughs> my life being run by me. That was the end of myself and the beginning of God. Um, I watched the first episode, uh, not the, not the episode, but the, um, they call it the pilot. Now the shepherd, yeah. the episode. shepherd. Yes. And I remember watching it and it was so smart. Mm. It was just so smart. It's so ooh, impactful. And at the end, when the shepherd smiles at the Pharisee, you know, have you found a spotless lamb for sacrifice? Uh, through my tears, 
God said, your life will never be the same. I had no clue what that meant. How could I? I mean, what what would that mean? I don't know. Uh, so what? Maybe someday somebody's going to be on set and bring me a little bit of gravel from the, the set and, and, and that will change. I don't, you know, it's just me. I'm just me. You know, I'm nobody. I'm nothing. I'm just me. Well, so from there, um, I binge watched season one, which was all available. I think maybe a couple episodes of season two were available at that time. I don't recall. It's one of those things when you're going through it, you don't realize how significant the moment is. And so you don't take sufficient notes or mark down dates or things. But it seems like I watched a couple episodes of, of season two. And I was just, my response, I, I couldn't, I had no control over my response to the show. I mean, I remember vividly when Jesus is calling Simon in uh, what season one, episode four, when Jesus is calling Simon and he says, follow me. And I remember literally my body when Jesus said that, it was like, <gasps> mm. That's Jesus. He's talking to me. And oh, by the way, from the first time I saw Jesus in episode one, season one, that's the Jesus I've always seen. That's the Jesus I have always heard. And I think it has to do with my living in Turkey. That mm -hmm. I knew, to me, Jesus was Middle Eastern. He looked yeah. exactly like Jonathan Rumi. He talked exactly like Jonathan Rumi, so that when he came on the stage, I was just, you know, you you wonder, oh, is he going to be British with blue eyes and blonde hair? How's he going to be, you know? We've seen enough of those. <laughs> yeah, oh, plenty. And so when he came out, I was like, oh, hey, <laughs> hey, Jesus, you know, it's me. And so my reaction though to the show as i watched it, it was so visceral it was just it it was not me reacting it was my spirit mm. reacting. and it was just overwhelming it was exhausting because i would watch an episode and i would just be like oh my gosh I, i've got to just sit here a while and and settle down you know i just got to kind of take it all in and What's going on here, you know? So I was having all these reactions. And I was also realizing that the level of excellence was everything I had dreamed of. And it was everything that I loved. Acting, cinematography, um, storytelling. As a writer, storytelling is very important to me. And these stories were second to none. Um, uh, season two, is it season two, episode one, uh, Thunder, to my mind is one of the most perfect stories ever uh, constructed. It just, mm -hmm. from beginning to end, it's just perfection. And, and again, through my tears, because I would think, oh, I wonder if they're gonna, I wonder if they're gonna, you know, it'd be so cool if they, <laughs> And then they would, 
you know, and it was like, oh my gosh, this is everything I wanted. This is everything I wanted. And I had to be a part. I had to. I had no choice. It was not, no, it was not up for negotiation. I had to be involved in this show somehow, if nothing but through prayer. And so I did what I always do. I started researching it and I wanted to learn everything I could about Dallas, about the show, about the actors. Um, I discovered that Jonathan Rooney, who plays Jesus, of course, so brilliantly, he was he was created to play that part. There's no doubt. Mm -hmm. And when you hear his testimony, you know it's true. Yes. Um, he was doing prayer hours. And I thought, oh my, this is interesting. So here's this old retired lady, and I had to get onto Instagram and Facebook. Can you believe it? <laughs> and I actually went backwards and was watching. By then, he had stopped doing them. He did Facebook for 40 days. Then he took a couple weeks, and then the Lord led him to Instagram for, I think, 40 days. Mm -hmm. And then that's about when I came into the picture. So I was watching reruns, if you will. But there's just one problem because I thought, you know, my prayer had been, I want to know you deeper. I need to know more. I know there's more, but where is it? Where can I find it? Well, there's just one problem. Jonathan is Catholic. And as a Protestant raised Protestant, I had my biases and my issues. And I freely admit to that. They're gone now, praise God, because of Jonathan. But I started watching his prayer hours. And everything changed everything changed not only my my opinion of catholicism um and and what i mean by that is i'm not judging the faith i'm saying the the bias mm -hmm. i had all disappeared i realized they weren't right they're not wrong they're not accurate i trusted jonathan he told the truth and i chose to believe what he was saying um but he also taught us the most beautiful things the litany of trust the mm -hmm. litany of humility the Divine Mercy Chaplet, the Rosary, the Rosary. Yeah. Um, he shared what I had been looking for. And it was a reverence. You're going to have to edit a lot of this out. <laughs> He shared the reverence toward God. He's not my buddy. He's not my pal. He's Michael. Well, that's, wow. 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 Well, I just, it's another one of those. You, you didn't have to ask many questions, did you? She no. is. And what I love is, is, is the emotion and the passion that's involved. They're just moments. She just has to stop. Because you can tell God's squeezing her heart as he as she's telling the story of what he's doing in her life. It's like he's he's right there holding her heart and he just gives it a little squeeze and it starts to run out. And it's it's precious. It's it's a precious thing to see and experience and to hear. Uh, I love when she she started saying she wanted more. How do I get more? What, what, how do I get more in my walk with Jesus? How, how do I get 
more, not just more information, but Jesus, more of you, more understanding, a deeper understanding of scripture, a deeper understanding of your word. And it, and it comes back to the point that we, we try to share with folks, joining Jesus in his mission is a call to pursue him. Mm-hmm. It's to pursue him. Jesus didn't say, hey, come and follow these rules. He said, come and follow me. Amen. And I will make you come and follow me to pursue the more that he has for us, calls us way beyond the comfort zone to follow him because Jesus is going into the dark places. Jesus is going into the hurting places. He's going to hurting people. He's going where there's grief, where there's sorrow, where there's despair because he came to bring freedom. When he preached in the synagogue in his hometown, that, that's where he went. He said, the year of the Lord, when all of this is going to take place, is now being fulfilled in your hearing today. Jesus comes to take us into the places where God comes to release and restore and renew and redeem. And the Amen. more is to learn to walk with him in all of that. Amen. Amen. And something else she also talked about as we talk about these different takeaways, um, you know, in John 17, Jesus prayed that the church would be one. And and in one of the things that she shared about, you know, when she found out, first of all, that Jonathan was a devout Catholic, um, Jonathan Rumi, she struggled with that because of her biases against Catholicism. She said, of course, as I learned more about his faith and his walk with Jesus and even some of his explanations of his Catholic faith, she began to realize that she had much more in common with him than different in, in her faith walk. And one that's one of the things, you know, that, that at the rooftop, our heartbeat is to see the church become united behind the mission of Jesus. Yeah. To, to learn to, to put aside all of what I call the hot potato issues that we yeah. allow to divide us and distract us from the Great Commission and from doing um, what God's called all of us to do, to make disciples who make disciples and to rally around those core truths that we all agree on from Scripture about who God is, um, salvation, all of those basic, basic, basic principles. And, And so I love that she brought that out, her journey there, because it reminded us that we are called to pursue unity. Um, And and Satan, of course, his game plan is always division and distraction. And he does that by getting us to focus on all those things that separate us that basically have nothing to do with salvation. Uh, And and so in in her interview, there is that call uh, for the church to be one, um, for the church to understand what it looks like to unite. I, I think the chosen Michael is is a great illustration of how God is using the chosen to make that happen in many ways. First of all, you have a caste um, that is very much varied in in their faith backgrounds um, and in their Christian backgrounds. And then you have a fan base that is also varied. Um, And it's amazing when you talk to people um, from all different walks of, of Christian faith that um, have fallen in love with this series and how it's impacted their walk with Christ. And so in many ways, I'm seeing God use the series as as also a way of answering Jesus's prayer. It's bringing the body of Christ together to use this great platform to tell others about Jesus. 
So I really love that emphasis on unity that that was threaded into her conversation with us. You know, we uh, we were in a small retreat not long ago, and one of the things we talked about in that retreat is that it's always the same message, mm-hmm. but we have to change the methodology of how we share the message. Exactly. And, uh, and I, I see some, some of the negative that's out there, but you have to understand God, God can use anything and does to lift Jesus up mm-hmm. so that the world can see and know that he loves us. He wants to forgive us and he wants a relationship with us. Uh, I think in, in listening to this story, to listening to Jennifer, it, it it almost begs the question without saying it, are you available for God to use you? Am I available for God to use me? Am, am I willing to say, what, what was it she said? I needed to surrender my future. Mm. Yes. Oh my gosh, what a powerful statement. God, I, I put it in your hands. I'm surrendered to you. Use me. Joining Jesus in his mission means that we say yes to God. And in that same retreat, we came to understand is you say yes before the question. Mm-hmm. You say yes before it's asked. We make ourselves so available to him that we can say yes in a, in a blanket statement to him, wholeheartedly give ourselves to him. Because when we make ourselves available, then God does something that we never thought would happen. He opens doors in places we didn't know there were even doors. And I love it. I love it. I, I'm seeing it happen in, in, in the ministry with the rooftop for, for me, with people that I've been engaged with on a regular basis. All of a sudden, God's opened the door. These, these are people that need to share their story. These are people that are that are, are making themselves available every day where they live, work, and play. And you you haven't recognized that yet, Michael. Mm-hmm. And now he's starting to show that that to me and other people. And it, it's mm-hmm. absolute it's absolutely wonderful to see those doors open where you didn't even know there was a door. Amen. Yeah. I tell you what, it was a it's a great, great interview. And I can't wait till next week when we get to everything. Too, um, yes. and even some more wonderful nuggets of truth of what it means to join Jesus in His mission, and um, just love Jennifer. I love her heart. I love her spirit. Um, it's a joy to be a part of the Chosen Prayer Team with her. Which, by the way, um, if you're interested in knowing more about the Chosen Prayer Team, you can simply go to um, Facebook and put in the Chosen Prayer Team, and you'll find their Facebook page, and you can become part of that team which is a miracle in itself. That team began, Michael, um, a little over probably a year and a year and a half ago with about five of us. There's now over 400 members across the globe. Um, We just launched the Brazilian, uh, which is in Portuguese. Um, We launched another prayer team, which is in Spanish. And I think next, well, I think next month, the French version of the in France is going to be launched. Um, and it's just amazing to see how God, again, people from all different walks of, of faith you know, when it comes to the Christian life, coming together to pray for revival and awakening and for God to use this series to draw people to himself, which he's doing. 
And even now, The Chosen is being translated into 600 languages um, for people to be able to hear it in their language. And as I said, this coming week, as this is being aired, is season four of The Chosen. And so before we wrap up, we want to share with you the trailer from season four of The Chosen coming out this weekend. Darkness is not the absence of light. It's more uncontrollable and sinister. You were there, waiting. Because the darkness is not dark to you. At least, not always. The coming darkness was too deep for us to grasp. It would appear that we now want the same thing as Pilate. Senior leaders in every district should question and expose Jesus. I just can't stop seeing how we could be doing things faster and more efficiently. You deserve a stipend for your specialized work. You can at least make sure that you have resources to keep the mission going. My ledgers are in the red. I told you to make life difficult for the followers of Jesus. It is on this rock that I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. This infernal chaos. Why can no one control these people? What just happened to all of you? It's about to get worse. Now that I'm here, physical death does not interrupt our eternal life. Lazarus! Come out! Remember you wishing there could be another way. And looking back, I do too. I still don't know why it has to be this way. The bitter often mingled with the sweet. You told us it would be like that. With how you lived. The man of sorrows. Acquainted with grief. Wow. All I can say is put your seatbelts on. Yeah. Uh, when you go to theater and carry your Kleenexes. And um, so it's exciting. We thank you for joining us today for Rooftop Perspectives. We want to encourage you, as we do every week, to please um, share this with others. If you have not subscribed to the um, Rooftop TV YouTube channel, um, please take time to do that. Um, and then also follow us on Facebook. But share this. And if you're watching this on one of the other major podcast platforms, um, leave a review. And so that others will learn more and more about Rooftop Perspectives. And then we also want to encourage you to visit our website at therooftop.org if you want to learn more about the ministry of The Rooftop as we begin in 2024 pursuing making 1 million disciples who make disciples in 100 countries over the next three years. 
And then last but not least, we want to remind you that in March on the 19th and 20th is the Rooftop Discipleship Summit in Arlington, Texas. We would love for you to join us in person if possible, but you can also register to join online. This is a free conference um, featuring not only our founder, Dennis Peathers and Stephen Gockroger, the chairman of our International Council, but also Caesar Kalinowski from Everyday Disciple and Pastor Sam Tollett from Cumberland Fellowship in Crossville, Tennessee, a church that is going beyond the walls to reach their city with the gospel. It's going to be an amazing two-day event. And so we encourage you to register by going to the rooftop.org forward slash summit forward slash Dallas. If you register before the end of January, January 31st, um, which is coming up this week, um, you'll receive a free copy of Dennis Pether's book, The Rooftop, which tells his story of his journey from atheism to Christianity and the beginnings of the rooftop movement. So we thank you for taking time out of your schedule to be a part of Rooftop Perspectives. God bless. And we'll see you next week for part two of our conversation with Jennifer Crenshaw.